Hey there, Wolfpack fans. It's me again, Kenton Gears, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. Today, we're going to be getting into the offensive line and questions that I have for them. And I need a little assistance, okay? I need a little assistance because let's just be honest, while camp is coming to an end, while this is the last week of no official football where the, the records are going to count for the rest of the year, I needed some help. I needed some backup. So I got none other than my main man, Alex Sawyer, in the building. How you doing, Alex? I am doing well. All righty. Well, that's great to hear. We, I, I believe that you were backstage. You heard what we we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the big guys because you and I are both big guys. We different, <laughs> different types of big, different levels of big, but me and you are both big guys. So I think we can get into talking about some buffet busters today and we'll be all right. How, how does that sound to you? Well, that sounds great to me. Sounds great. All righty. Well, Wolfpack Nation, stick with us while we go over all this and more on today's episode of Locked On Wolfpack. You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, Alec, last time we saw each other was at ACC Media Days, and and I feel like that was the beginning of NC State's hype train really picking up. Like, that was the beginning of, you know, things like this is the highest uh, incoming ranking that NC State has ever had except for, what was it, uh, one time other than this? And I believe it was the exact same rating or ranking at 13. Yeah, it's 13. It was tied um, 2000. No, just kidding. It was in the 70s. At some point, they were 13. And then they were 15, 16 in 2003. So, yeah, it's literally as high as they've ever been ranked preseason. Exactly. Expectations are literally as high as they've ever been at Raleigh. And we, of course, saw Devin Leary be named the ACC Preseason Player of the Year. And, of course, we see different things happening and shaking out around the conference to where um, there are, you know, some star guys who are going to miss some time or be out and all that uh, good stuff, which is, is, is unfortunate for those teams, but it makes it seem more and more like this could actually be happening. And and we have not uh, taken a single snap. We have not seen not nary a kickoff yet. What do you think it means to see NC state come into this year ranked so highly again, the highest in program history, of course, a tie, but still the highest that yeah. uh, we've seen in program history. Obviously, the highest that you and I have ever seen. <laughs> what what does this mean for the program, and, and what do you think this is in terms of, like, is this they're rated properly, they're overrated, a little underrated? Where would you go there? Yeah, no, it's huge for NC State. I mean, it's like Dave Dorn's built a good thing here, and, and you've kind mm-hmm. of had your two little windows with him where, you know, in 17, 16, they were good, but maybe didn't quite peak as high as this in terms of hype. Now this time you obviously have the COVID year, which brings some guys back. And that I think is a little bit of a perfect storm for NC State with some of these guys that certainly wouldn't be here still still without that. Isaiah Moore and injuries helping there or hurting there too. Um, but it's huge for NC State. I mean, it's a massive deal for them to be 13, for them to be in the national conversation. And in terms of the rating, like, <laughs> listen, I think it's – just about right. If I were to fill out a top 25 right now, um, I think I would maybe even have NC State a spot or two higher. I think they're, in terms of returning talent, what they could be, maybe even top 10 good. But I think 13 makes a lot of sense for NC State. And you saw that it's coaches and AP. So clearly yeah. there's a consensus yeah. there. 
Absolutely. And, and what goes along with that is, you know, we've talked at nauseum about uh, what Devin Leary is and how great people expect him to be. Let me ask you this question, because this was posed to me the other day, and it was something that I hadn't even considered. Is there another level of play for Devin Leary to reach? Is there another level from last year to where you could say, hey, there's a world where he turns into a whole nother guy for the good uh, in terms of what he was from last year? Yeah, I mean, I think he just has continued to get better. That's the thing with him is last year was the first year we'd really gotten to see him for a full season. He had the injury the year before and just, you know, had played a little bit the season before that, but that team was so bad and he played at the end of the year that last year was the first time we got to see Devin Leary be the starting quarterback for the season from the beginning of the year through the end of the year. And he was phenomenal. And he, he has the skills and he does the things that make you watch him and be like, he can even reach another level because he doesn't throw picks. I mean, five interceptions last year, a couple of those in like Hail Mary situations at the end of halves too. He's got an electric arm, really good arm strength. He's just a really smart quarterback. I think there's another level for him. I think when you look at the receiving core that he has this year, you know, you're going to miss him at Mezzi. But there's also some young guys that we've been hearing some really, really good things about that are maybe even different types of weapons. A couple guys that are really fast, Julian Gray, Anthony Smith, that I don't think necessarily NC State had a reliable, just crazy game-breaking speed guy last year. So I think he certainly can reach even another level. Will the pure numbers be as high as they were last year with the touchdowns? I mean, maybe not. That's a school record. But in terms of his play, there's no reason to, believe, to not believe that he'll keep getting better. You know, I know that Devin Leary's uh, uh, father listens to this podcast. So I, I hope I don't offend you, Mr. Leary. I hope I'm not offending you right now. But the reality is I, I do think that there's another level. But I think that's that level is like that's almost guaranteed Heisman territory. Like if he was to take a step forward from last year. If he replicated last year, I think he'll be first team all ACC. I think he may get a spot in New York. I think that all, all the good things are. If he takes a, a step forward from what we saw the last year, and like you said, it's very possible. I have talked that nausea. Anthony Smith is a guy that I remember watching that special teams play where his helmet came off, and he just kept playing and kept going. Now, obviously, that negatively impacted NC State because the reality is he, he recovered a fumble, I believe, and like yeah. it's illegal to participate once your helmet comes off. But that moment right there showed me that this is more than just a fast guy. This is somebody who deeply, deeply cares about winning. And, and that's not something that you see all the time out of receivers. And so a guy like him, yes, he is not a Mecca Mezzi, but he's different from a Mecca Mezzi. He is a, an entirely different beast. And another guy that I've talked about a lot, if Devin Carter cleans up the drop problems, I honestly and truly, if I'm going pound for pound, like who would I rather have, right? If you tell me you get a Mecca Mezzi back or you get Devin Carter and he's going to give you at max two drops and neither one will be crucial. I That's not even hard. That's yeah. not even hard for me. Devin, Devin Carter is a big body guy who can run. He can high point the ball. He's tough to bring down after the catch. And he is so fast for his size. You don't imagine him uh, closing ground as as quickly as he does with the ball in his hands. But the reality is he's a long strider. When those legs get to turn and pump it, he's going to uh, clear up some ground. And we haven't even mentioned the most reliable weapon, which is Thayer Thomas, Thomas yeah. the guy that we know. That's the proven commodity that we know Thayer's limitations, but we know what he can do as well. We know that he will always find a way to get open. 
we know that while we don't talk about him in the same speed burner conversations, maybe a Keon Lassane, maybe a, a, a Porter Rooks, as maybe a, a Anthony Smith, we still know we saw in the Boston College game, he's got plenty of wheels. He's got plenty of wheels. So I, I think that this is a situation where Devin does have it's, – it's there. It's possible. But it's going to be a tough ask to ask him to go to another level. And, again, if he goes to that next level, I, you can book it right now. Book it right now. NC State's going to Charlotte, and he's going to New York. If he hits another level, I don't think that there's a world where those two things don't happen. What say you? Yeah, no, I agree. And, listen, I, I kind of touched on this, too. Statistically, maybe he drops off a little bit because, what, 35 touchdowns, five interceptions? Like, that. <laughs> that's a pretty good season. So, mm-hmm. There could be a statistical drop-off even if his play is still consistently great and he's taking another level. If he plays like he did last year, though, like you said, and NC State as a team is what we expect them to be, do I think Devin Leary is going to go to New York and be a Heisman finalist? Probably not. Is it possible? Certainly. I mean, that, yeah. that's, yeah. that's kind of where I sit on that. It, is, I don't think it's crazy to at least talk about it if he were to continue to improve and take that step. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's one of the odds on, he's one of the dark horses, but he's still got some pretty good odds to, uh, to win it all and and take the Heisman home. So, you know, if you're a better, go ahead and get your money right there. And uh, by the way, for the betters, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports raising information from live game, in-game betting to scores and podcasts. They have you covered. BetOnline, where the game starts. So now we got to get into the big fellas. You know what I mean? We got to get in there. I got I got the stove warming up right now because I'm I'm about to make myself some lunch here. So I, we 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 got to get into the big fellas and and this offensive line that you know people are are looking at the loss of Big Ick and and saying that hey, he was not just the first lineman drafted. He was the first offensive player drafted. Yeah. And when you see what he's doing in the preseason, everybody said that his weakness was the uh, 45 vertical set. That was going to be the problem. He's looked phenomenal in that. He's looked phenomenal in the thing that everybody said was probably what he was worst at against the NFL competition, the highest competition that you can name. So, of course, losing him is going to be a blow. But with that being said, who steps in at that left tackle position and how good do you feel about NC State's offensive line overall? Yeah, I feel good about NC State's offensive line. You lose Iki Aquanu, that's a huge loss probably the best player on your team last year. I get that. This is not a weakness of this team because everyone else is back and you have some really good pieces. At left tackle, um, pretty much known at this point that Anthony Belton is going to be the starter there. Uh, came in last year, was a transfer from a junior college um, prior to last season. He is massive. We talked to him a couple weeks ago. He is a just unbelievably large human being. Uh, <laughs> Coach, Coach Thunders nicknamed him Escalade. Uh, because he, I think his quote was, he said, I'm big and smooth like an Escalade. He, <laughs> people are excited about him. That everyone that we've talked to, everyone that, you know, has talked about that position is really excited about what he can do. Again, he's huge. He, he had success in the junior college level. 
he he seems to be a guy that is going to step up into that position. Is he going to be Ike Aquano? Of course, he's not going to be. But I think he could be really, really good at that left tackle spot, especially when you look at the rest of the offensive line and you have everyone else returning and a lot of talent. Let me tell you something. If you're going to describe my left tackle as smooth, I like it. That's what I need. That's what I, I need, that kick step to be elite. I need The things that, that Big Ick did extremely well are not things that you typically think of when you think of left tackles, right? You don't think of a mauler. You don't think of somebody that's vicious. You think of a guy who's smooth in and out of movement, who's smooth in picking up games, and who, who has the movement ability to do some different things in terms of uh, and in the new new era and new game that we live in where everything's spread out, you're going to have to block in spaces of tackle in ways that we didn't see before. Like there are more wide receiver screen, tunnel screens now than ever, which means you're going to have to go get yourself a corner every now and then, big guy. And if you don't got dancer feet, it, it may not go well for you. So uh, it's, it's great to hear that about Belton. But I want to touch on something you said there. Everybody else being yeah. Right. You get a guy who was named to the, the freak list last year in, in uh, McMahon. You get a guy who is uh, consensus all conference. You know, some even mention him in all American in the center conversation and Grant Gibson. Um, you get Chandler Zavala back, who I, I think that that is that is a, a huge, huge monumentous moment for NC State to get him back as well. And, and Bryson Spees is, has, you know, He's gotten better every year. I think that it's safe to say, I think we can we can comfortably say that he's gotten more and more comfortable at that right tackle position as time has gone on. And so with that being said, with all that, with all that is coming back in terms of the experience and the talent, what do you think the ceiling is for this run game? Because I mean, yes, of course, protecting Devin Leary is going to be an important part of this thing. Absolutely. However, the ability to open up holes, especially with a very unproven backfield outside of Jordan Houston, I don't think anybody's pissed to drop in terms of production out of our running backs. So how do you think these guys gel together in the running game? And do you think that we are a better team at running the ball than we were last year, despite losing two of the better backs in the conference? Yeah, it's tough to say if they're going to be better or not, because obviously Icky was run blocking short there too. When you look at the offensive line, though, you can stay healthy there. I think you have high hopes because, like, obviously Chandler's of all you get back, but you really didn't have him last year. He got hurt, but what, third, fourth week of the season? Right. And so you get him back. You get these guys with more experience that have played together. You have two captains on the offensive line. Bryson Spee's named the captain, of course, with Grant Gibson as well. Um, so I think there's there's room for them to be really good in the run game. You lost a ton at running back. You, you don't have experience there. Jordan Houston played a lot in 2019, but hasn't really played a ton as a running back since then. There's a couple other guys that are exciting, and Delbert Mims, Demi Sumo, that people are excited about that I'm sure are going to have, have seasons and they're going to produce. Is the running game better? I don't know because you do have that inexperience, but I think it could be as good if not better. Listen, the run game last year wasn't great in the back half of the season. Part of that was Devin Leary you know, getting hot and the pass game being really the the main focus, but I think the running game has room to be good, and it starts with that offensive line because you do have just a ton of experience. You also have some depth, some guys like Tim McKay, um, Derek Eason behind those starters that have played and have started the game. So there's a lot of experience on the offensive line. There's a lot of size, and there's some depth there too. So I think the run game could be good. I, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they come out of the game hot, even with a guy like Jordan Houston, who we haven't seen as a true running back in a couple years you know i 
I think that there is an interesting idea here in that losing Big Ick may possibly be good for the run game in terms of now they the the Tim Beck has to be more creative yeah. in the running game. Has to be more creative in the running game as well as defenses. You can no longer key up Big X over there. We're gonna put it. We're gonna have an extra guy in the box to his side, even if it's the short side of the field. It is very rare in college football because of how wide the hashes are. In college football, it's rare. And I'm gonna talk some X's and O's. So if you don't understand it, I'm gonna break this down for you as simply as I can. Okay. An overhang is generally meant to help out with contain because you don't want the end man on the line of scrimmage being responsible for uh, if you're in the if you're on a hash, you don't want the end man to the wide side of the field to have to take from where they're lined up to the sideline and contain. That doesn't it's it's an incredibly hard task. And so naturally you bring down an overhang, an extra player to do that job to help contain. And you say, hey, defensive end, you have this gap. Uh, overhang guy, you are the one responsible for making sure that everything gets funneled back inside. Now, with that being said, there were times where we were on the left hash, meaning that uh, the left side of the offensive line was the short side of the field. That was the short side. And teams still bought an overhang down to the short side. And we still ran into the short side because it, it was there. And you assumed that it was all going to work out, even though mathematically, it was not a good proposition. It just wasn't. So it's it's going to be much harder to key that now that you have an offensive line that, I mean, again, while you're losing a, a spectacular talent, is more balanced now, is going to be more of a situation where if it's fourth and one, you don't know where that ball is going to go. Last year you knew, oh, they're going to run it behind uh, Mr. Kwame over there, the Pancake King of Raleigh. They go, that's who they're going to run it behind. Now you have no clue. You have no idea where the ball could be going. So that's that's a potential caveat that we could see uh, a, a little boost there in terms of the running game. And now we talked about the running game as far as this offensive line goes. In pass protection, right, this offensive line held up fairly well last season. Um, there was not a, a ton of – they didn't give up a ton of right-of-way sacks that I was just like, there's nothing the quarterback can do. He As soon as he grabs the ball, there's there's pressure in his face. With that being said, how do you see this offensive line handling pass protection um, in this upcoming year? Which, again, we know is going to be important if Devin Leary is the 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 heart and soul. And if D. Leary is to deliver, as the campaign says, he's going to have to have a clean pocket to do so. So how do you see this offensive line holding up in the pass game? Yeah, it was good last year. Uh, State did not allow a ton of sacks, like you were saying, and, and certainly held up in pass protection. There's no reason to not expect that again. Like I said. Iggy Aquanu was good at everything on the college level, but it was his run blocking that I think really made him stand out. Belton comes in and he's again this huge guy. He's listed at six six three thirty, which is bigger than Aquanu is. And then you have the other side of the line with you know McMahon and Spees who played together last year a lot, who are really experienced guys. Left side now it's Belton and Zavala who were two really big dudes. Who, who who certainly have what it takes. Obviously, Grant Gibson is Grant Gibson. So there's no reason to believe that they're not going to be able to protect Devin Leary in the passing game as well as they did last, last year. I, I think when you look at this offensive line, and I'm just going to keep saying it over and over again, it's experienced and it's deep and it's big, and that's what you need from an offensive line. And I'm going to say this. 
the the conference as a whole, I don't think that they got much better or much worse in terms of like defensive coordinators. However, the the team that everybody is picking to finish first, if not NC State, is Clemson. Clemson is losing one of the greatest defensive minds that the game of football has ever seen. And I, I don't use that. I don't use that lightly. I don't, again, the, the triple A got blitz that, that got a sack against NC State. That triple A got blitz was a thing of beauty. And I, I, I wasn't supposed to enjoy that. I wasn't supposed to, you know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't supposed, but to bring in two linebackers to pe- not only pepper the A gap, but to bring a strong rush to make the offensive, to read the uh, how the offense is running their protection to bring the double a gap blitz. One of them eats up the back. Another one of them eats up uh, two of the inside offensive linemen and then bring a safety on the delay behind it right up the a gap as well. That is, that's madness. It's madness. And so addition by subtraction. Hey, best of luck to you at Oklahoma, baby. Hey, more power to you, Brent. We're happy for you. Don't come back. You know what I mean? Stay in Oklahoma. I'm, I'm sure y'all going to whoop the wheels off the big 12 until y'all got to go out to the sec Enjoy it. Enjoy it. So I, I think that this is a situation very seriously, though, where um, I don't think that uh, this this offensive line will have too many problems in having the type of season that they had last year. So that's this is, again, a great time to to be an NC State fan. But at the end of the day, they still got to go out there and prove us right. Right. Like we on paper, this team is all the things on on Saturdays is where it matters. Right. We've seen a lot of teams that have either come out of nowhere where everybody said, oh, this team is a two-win team. Don't worry about it. They mess around and win eight. We've seen plenty of teams. We've seen it in the state. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> in the state less than less than 12 months ago, we saw a team that was number – what were they, number five? Number number five or six? They were – They were high. They were so – They were a single yeah. digit. They were a single digit. And by the end of the season, they were fighting and scrapping and clawing for bowl eligibility. You understand me? So this is, again, what a team is supposed to be as opposed to what they are. Who knows? We we got to check that out and see. But we'll be right back with a word from our sponsors, uh, and we'll wrap this thing on up. And we're back. So I, I think all in all, this is – Honestly and truly, a lot of people are worried that uh, this may get to this team's head, all the hype, all the love, and all that may get to this team's head and and all that good stuff. Um, But I think it's a net positive to have NC State in these conversations. Uh, From a national recruiting standpoint, from a local recruiting standpoint, um, and from the situation of this is not a team that, even though everybody is pretending that um, NC State is now like, you know, they've been spoken of as if they're indefatigable. There are still more people picking Clemson to win the conference than not. Even with Dabo saying, woe is us and, and we're underdogs now and nobody believes in us anymore. They were still picked by and large by the media at ACC media days. They still come into the season at number four. Like this is still very much so a team that I think if if you have lost your hunger based on being ranked second, you might not deserve a conference championship. You don't deserve to be in that game. But what do you think? Is this hype a good thing, a net positive or net negative for this NC State team? And we'll wrap it up. After. No, it, it's a good thing. Like you said, it helps recruiting. It helps your national image. Um, those things are really important, like for college football. Like it, it just goes so, so far. So to be in the conversation is better than not being in the conversation. 
as far as the team goes, and listen, they're always going to be up front of, like, with, with the media and stuff. Oh, we don't care. We don't pay attention to those things. Every team in the country says that. But this NC State team with as experienced and as veteran as these guys are, I, you, you, you kind of believe it. Like, there's so much experience. These guys have been through it before. They've been around college football. I think they truly don't care where they're ranked. And, and the other thing about NC State is when you look at all those guys that came back, especially on the defensive side of the ball, they came back for a reason. They came back because they did not make the ACC championship game last year. They came back because they didn't have the opportunity to win 10 games. I think the hunger is there. It doesn't matter to that this team where they're ranked or, or how much some people are falling in love with them in the preseason. I, I think it's a good thing because it helps your image. It helps your recruiting. You want to be a name brand. You want to be in the conversation. And then as far as the team goes, this is a team that's going to be hungry and certainly has a chip on their shoulder. Absolutely. Absolutely. Again, this is this is a situation where, you know, I the the all the makings are there. And while everybody or not everybody, while many people are pretending as if there is like a serious risk of being upset in week one, I just want to say this. The chasm in talent between NC State and ECU at the moment is, again, if we're, we're comparing to the boys in baby blue, it's a world of difference between the difference that we saw between Virginia Tech last year. If we look at the full season, scope of the season and the boys in baby blue, it just was not. It, those are two teams that they basically finished about the same, about the same record, about the, like everything was about even. And again, if you looked at that team objectively and said, well, where did they bring it back? Where did they lose? You, you saw that, that that was not as everything that was going to be cracked up to be. But with NC State, again, it's a very different situation. This team is, is in a very different spot. And they're on the side of the conference that everybody knows is going to be a meat grinder every year until it disbands or not until it disbands, <laughs> but until it no longer exists. So, you know, that's, that's um, again, you're even when you're a top 15 team in the country, you're not the number one team on this side coming in. So that's definitely a thing that that should keep this team hungry. Alec, tell the folks where they can find your work. Yeah, it's a uh, pack pride, uh, pack pride.com at pack pride on Twitter. I'm just at Alex Sawyer on Twitter. All very easy, straightforward. Absolutely. Let me tell you something now. Alec is, is there. He is on it. He is anything Wolfpack, you name it. Alec is going to talk to you about it. There's a reason why I have Alec in at least once a week during baseball season. I wish I could get him in more, but he got bills to pay. And, and unfortunately, we do this for the love and friendship of our camaraderie and the power of friendship. And I can't help him pay his bills right now. So uh, I appreciate it for when he does come by. Wolfpack Nation, I also appreciate y'all for coming by. Y'all make this show what it is. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are Locked On Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you.